Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex. We watch Lost in Space, a sci-fi movie. Parker, I often talk about sci-fi movies like Star Wars and how I kind of have a problem with them that they're not really about anything. Like, if you try to tell me the central theme of all the Star Wars movies, it's usually just good versus evil, and that's that doesn't really mean anything. You should really look to a movie like Lost in Space, which is about something that's very important to everyone. What if a giant robotic spider threatened mankind in time travel? No, this has really done a lot. Like, <laughs> like we talked a lot of shit about Star Wars Night, and after seeing this, it absolutely still sucks ass, but in a very different, very potent way. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I never thought that one of my biggest complaints about Star Wars would be that Gary Oldman didn't play a space spider. So, Not that we're, uh, we don't mean to spoil it or anything, but you're not going to watch this. It's okay to listen to this episode without watching Lost in Space. In fact, we almost, recommend it. <laughs> man, it would be really me. funny if we cut this out and put it at the end so uh, they have to watch it <laughs> and then find this out. Almost made it my whole life without watching this. Yeah. Oops. Oops. All right. Do we have any news? Oh, buddy. So this crossed my eyes merely an hour ago. Someone was tweeting about Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, because, of course, the sequel is coming out. Yeah. No, I will not watch it. And then I see, at Seth Rogen, I helped rewrite Bad Boys 2. And for the last hour, I've just been toiling <laughs> with that thought in my brain. Of a young Seth Rogen helping to rewrite Bad Boys 2. Man, that explains a lot. Yeah, I can pinpoint like seven scenes exactly. And more importantly, that explains why this trailer is such a fucking dud. <laughs> Man. Oh, it really is. I... I'll, let you, I'll let you guys know next week, don't worry. Thank you. I'm that so trailer made me... I've seen it once in theaters and it made me sad. Look, my classes start on the 27th. I gotta watch as much garbage between now and then as possible, because I'm gonna be a lot shorter on time. Yeah, Mark Lawrence looks like he's wearing the big mama's house fat suit. It's very upsetting. <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me sad. I'm, I have no room to talk. My neighbor twice now, like the last two weeks, has been like, oh, what you been eating over there? So I have no room to call anyone else fat. But <laughs> you're not wrong. A nasty tree boy this winter. Uh, any other news? Uh, anything else happen? Well, no, there's nothing happening in the world. Of movies. Good. Okay. So, uh, so the Oscar. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, do we have any jerks of the week? I do. I sure do. Okay. You go first, buddy. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is my parents for losing my vaccine records. <laughs> so now I have to go get my vaccines a second time and get double autism. <laughs> I don't. Wait. So it stacks. I will find out. I'm worried it's going to be exponential. Hello, I would like 18 tetanus shots, please. My I'll come back on next week's happen. episode just talking about Klanga and Who Dad. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. Because yeah. no one understands that. 
<laughs> oh man. All right. I uh, let me tell you something. I'll be talking about autism in a little bit. Uh, my my jerks of the week is whoever runs Regal Cinemas. I, I don't know if you guys ever go to a Regal Cinemas uh, movie theaters. I would recommend not doing that. Not unless I absolutely have to. Unfortunately, also, they were the only ones that had 1917. So I'm right there with you right now. Oh wait, were you in the theater? Were you in the Germantown one? Because I went to go see it with my dad. Uh, I'll tell you more about my experience watching 1917, which I think no, I went. I went downtown. Oh, so. Okay. Uh, and my dad insisted that we go to the one in Germantown for a matinee showing, knowing that I work overnights. <laughs> so I get over there, and uh, my dad can never be late for anything, so instead he shows up 20 minutes early there. And they don't have a pre-show at uh, Regal Cinemas. <laughs> they just have a blank gray screen. And so we we're waiting for all that, and then a bunch of that stupid advertising that they do all the time plays. So we got to see the Bond trailer twice. Thanks so much. And uh, then they played eight previews while we're just sitting there. So Jerk of the Week is a tie between my dad for making me sit through eight previews and then complaining about it and (laughs) whoever played the eight previews because seriously, guys, come on. Jerk of the Week. Also your dad for bringing a gun to 1917. No, he didn't. (laughs) I guarantee if we had seen that in Virginia, he would have. God bless. Every him. single time he goes Never to Virginia, he starts backing. <laughs> Chris, you heard what if the planes come through the screen? Movie? <laughs> at one point, at one point, he whispered it to me during the movie. I have one of those guns at home. Thanks, That's man. chappy. <laughs> uh, Parker, your jerk of the week. My jerk of the week is whoever runs the Netflix film Twitter account. Oh, I don't know if y'all saw the doozy that was. Hey, tell us your movie blind spot, and we'll recommend a film to watch help fill it. It has the most cursed responses I've ever seen because their <laughs> library is so dog shit. I've picked out two. I've never seen The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, you may be thinking, oh, they'll just recommend The Irishman. But what they actually said was, it may be set far away from Wall Street, but it involves stealing a lot of money. Watch Triple Frontier. <laughs> So let that chill Absolutely. get out of your spine. Fuck yourself, <laughs> Alex. Just pretend I've turned my swivel chair around. I'm sitting in it. I'm staring at you as I read. I've never seen a Bond film. Polar has action and Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> when blood ran cold, I screenshotted it. I've been waiting until this moment to tell you that. I I have to admit, I think in their initial tweet they said, "Hey, say a movie you haven't seen, and we'll recommend something." Their for example was Solo or the 120 it Days sure of was. Sodom. It sure was. Have we never seen that movie where that guy fucks a bunch of kids and they eat shit? What do you guys want to see? <laughs> Sick. You could have just said, like, The Godfather, but okay. Yeah, like, what's a similar movie to that? <laughs> I, I, I want to respond with, yeah, that's my blind spot, too. What do, what do you recommend? What do you, what do you got for me? Let me see what you got on Netflix here. That's similar to the Rape and Shit movie. <laughs> Three Netflix seasons might... <laughs> of F is for family. <laughs> I just, what would they recommend if I told them, "Hey Netflix, I really need to find a good Sasquatch movie on your service." <laughs> oh, oh spoil for choice. <laughs> How was there not a Netflix original Sasquatch movie? What are we doing? Yeah, well, they hand out two hundred million dollars to Michael Bay and Ryan Reynolds. Give one million. <laughs> Parker, That's all you need for a good Squatch adventure. Parker, let me tell you, we are biding our time. We've got too many good Squatch ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we. I'm just roll up to their office with a giant portfolio. I will be discussing a, a Squatch movie idea that uh, Parker and I had. I almost crashed my car when I thought about it. I love movies. Okay. Um, 
in that case i don't have any keeping it what goes wrong or if i do i forgot about it and i don't care so uh let's talk about uh, what we watched recently I watched, uh, for, for the first time, I watched a documentary about a movie without watching the movie beforehand, although I've already seen it. Um, usually I would, like, rewatch it for uh, that sake. I watched The Madness of Max. It's the making of the first Mad Max movie. Uh, that was a pretty interesting documentary. Uh, one of the most uh, fascinating things is it's kind of got one of those things that's sort of like The Evil Dead where it's complete hell to make. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's still worth it because people still recognize Mad Max. And they like it a whole lot. And it birthed this great series as a whole lot of fun. Uh, everything except for the last part. It was not fun to make. George Miller's first recommendation is like, for all those people who want to go out there and make a movie, don't do what we did. <laughs> that was a very, very foolish decision. You had people who are like, getting mauled in these crashes they were shutting down like major traffic areas with no police permission at all uh there was some really fascinating stuff that went into it um it was it was really nice to hear everyone talk again george miller is always such an interesting person to listen to so uh i i happen to like that movie a lot i I would recommend the madness of max um, I hope he learned something from ripping off Fury Road. <laughs> uh, the next, the next one I watched is something Alex didn't assign to me, but he said you will watch this at some point. Uh, it's Before Sunset. Uh, you know, I watched Before Sunrise, and I like that a lot. Uh, now that I've seen Before Sunset, I like this one too. I don't know which one I like more. I think I like this one more. Um, I, I think I agree. It's. I think there's a little bit more risk to it. There's a couple moments that are going to stick with me for the rest of my life, like where they almost touch each other in the taxi. Um, that that that's a moment that I think we're going to be thinking about Sending for a long time. Shutters down, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It is again very very well written. It's so simple, but I I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen, and it's really short. It's like eighty minutes. Um, I, I liked it a, a whole lot. I, I think... Uh, I haven't seen Before Midnight yet, so I should probably go and see that. Uh, but You will also enjoy it. Yeah, so. I, I just want to take my time beforehand because I'm glad I, I'm glad I took my time uh, before this one because uh, it's, it's I guess it's just nice to see these characters again. I think it's also nice. It kind of like gives me a little bit more hope for people that people can have these types of conversations. Uh, and they, they, they could just talk and it seems it seems very real to me you know and I, that's one of the things I like about it uh, Parker I don't think I could recommend it to you because Noah's head gets shot off but uh, <laughs> cowards uh, <laughs> I like the camera work too the camera work is not easy in this sort of thing a lot of people say it's always just a bunch of long shots but as you'll find out in 1917 those long shots are really hard to do um, and of course the performances are really good and uh, there's a certain amount of realism that goes into this sort of thing that really rockets it above everything else like I don't get me wrong I love movies like Triple Threat and stuff like that where there's clearly not a realism that's imagined into it but for something like this it's not a very large scale, but there's a whole lot of heart to it, and it's so believable that you think, you know, maybe I could have an experience like that, and I really like that. Um, I partnered Before Sunset with a movie that's it's pretty similar. It's kind of like a companion piece to it. It's called Ultraviolet, and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Now, Alex, I know you like comic book movies, but you know it. But, we'll get to one of those. But I have to wonder, how did you find this? <laughs> Honestly, like I remember it existing in the same conversation as like Aeon Flux and like those type of movies. 
and then forgot about it for 10 years and somebody happened to bring it up like six hours before we recorded so i was like oh oh you remember it existing have you ever seen this i have not oh wow this movie is really really bad it i that's the thing is i actually don't think it could be a future episode because it's a little too boring but it's so noticeably bad as soon as it begins like jaw-droppingly bad at at a couple moments uh, the acting is just awful. Mia Jovovich, I, I I don't know if she became like really good at acting later on or something like that, but in this nope. one, she is. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I don't watch a lot of her movies. Uh, I know the one that everyone likes her in is The Fifth Element, where she's the epic bacon random alien of doom there. Uh, but in this one, she's just not acting. She's still doing the model thing where you just stand still and look pretty. Uh I don't know what she's doing, but everyone else is sort of taking their cue from her. They are just refusing to act, and I don't know why. Uh, the opening is like, it's a, the opening credits are like a sort of a comic book thing. I'm just like, oh, this is a comic book movie I've never heard of. I looked up the trivia afterwards. This is not based on a comic. The director just like comic books, and he wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> fucking owns. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that you hadn't seen this out because I was sort of operating from that viewpoint. So this helps me out a little bit. Um, basically, the idea is it's the future. Um, and there is a deadly blood virus out there. It's turning people into hemophages. Uh, this makes them uh, lesser people because I guess the, the disease will make them die faster. But apparently it also gives them superhuman abilities, which is the only thing that could possibly explain what Mia Jovovich does during this movie. So wouldn't they be the new ruling society? They're considered less than a human in this world. Uh, Anyway, some big bad evil corporation. Uh, The leader CEO has a, a clone son or something like that, and she needs him. And apparently at the same time, he holds the key to saving her, but also the key to destroying her forever. And I don't know which is which or why that is. And apparently the movie was like 40 minutes longer, but the studio made them cut it down. And apparently the longer version makes a lot more sense. I don't believe it. I, I think that's a lie. So Yeah, I'll take her word for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. This movie is... Uh, it's There are only a couple laugh out loud uh, bad moments here. Again, I don't quite think there's enough meat to do an episode on it but this is it's one of those movies where it's like almost enjoyably bad i wouldn't necessarily go so far as to call it a good bad movie but i wasn't like screaming mad or anything i was just like oh wow this is bad it's kind of like uh shocking in a way it came out in 2006 so uh is that the year before avengers no it's when did avengers come out 2012 or 2011 something like that 12 i think yeah i don't, I don't know I, I don't know what movie necessarily to compare this with as far as computer graphics go a good one because the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole movie basically looks like mirror's edge a game that sucked uh i i don't really quite know uh just how bad this is it's certainly not one of the worst i've ever seen i mean I have seen, we'll get to a couple later on, but uh, (laughs) really just one. This, it's just really, really bad. Ultraviolet sucks. There is, I I think it's one of those movies where there is no one who will say, yeah, I kind of like it. Like, it's just that bad. But there's also no one who will say like, yeah, worst movie of all time sort of thing. So thank you so much for Ultraviolet. Um, Do what I can, buddy. Okay. Now, Alex, you saw Bone Tomahawk, right? Hell yes, I did. And you also saw Riot in Cell Block 99? Unfortunately, or Brawl yes. in Cell Block 99 or whatever it yes. is. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen Dragged Across Concrete yet? 
No, and I was planning on keeping it that way. Okay, well, I watched it. Um, now, <coughs> this is one of those things where I, I, I kept hearing about it, and I was just I was just really curious. I was just like, I, I kind of want to see that. And uh, I told Parker about it, and Parker's like, you, uh, you gotta know before you go in here, S. Craig <laughs> Zoller has some viewpoints. I'm like, what, what kind of viewpoints? He's like, troublesome viewpoints <laughs> and i'm like wait 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 don't tell me anymore i don't want to go into this uh colored you know coloring my expectations but the movie stars mel gibson and vince vaughn so <laughs> that's too dirty cops. it's shocking you haven't seen this already yeah <laughs> this is uh you know i have to admit uh mel gibson's performance was perhaps the least interesting thing about this which doesn't happen often uh I'm struggling to say uh, whether I liked or disliked Drive Across Concrete. It's, it's sort of tough for me to say. I think I mostly liked it, but it was a little too uninteresting for me. It just wasn't uh, exciting enough. Well, a lot of people have called this, you know, a cold, intense, hard-packed thriller. It's not really. Uh, the movie has, at some points, really good writing, and at other points, you're like, God, this desperately needs a soundtrack, and it doesn't have one for the entire two and a half hours. That's what always stopped me. Every time I look at that runtime, I'm like, you know, I'm good. Yeah, I think S. Craig Zoller is probably a really good writer. But this needs a soundtrack to help along the dialogue. And that almost sounds like a, a slap to his dialogue. But if it is, it's not a very hard slap. Just give me a little bit of, like, I don't know, something. Give me, like, a to make me, like, a little bit more excited during whatever is going on here. There's a lot of over-characterization. Like, he's really, really worried that we're not going to care about this character. I'm like, no, her head gets shot off with a shotgun. I'm, I'm going to feel bad for her either way. Uh, I like uh, some of the performances. Uh, Mel Gibson's performance is good as usual, but it's also not, like, a great Mel Gibson performance. Vince Vaughn is uh, not doing comedy, so... That's that kind of Vince Vaughn. Say no more. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have asked whether the movie is racist, and it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, I looked up S. Craig Zoller's views afterwards. It usually means yes, by the way. Yeah, it, I think a lot is it of racist. Well, that's <laughs> that no. Means yes. I have to admit, it's. I have a feeling that a lot of the uh, depiction does not uh, necessarily mean uh, endorsement sort of going on here but i also have a feeling that the director just actually doesn't care and he just wrote this in like a fever pitch it's just like I, I gotta get the words out i gotta get the words out i have to go in and show this vince vaughn seemed very eager to take this on so i think he's a little bit more uh, apt to be like oh yeah that's how it is but the movie also doesn't really choose a side of either one of these things here it's a little too accepting i guess of uh Mel Gibson's wife's uh, racist viewpoints, um, and he seems to just be like, I, he doesn't necessarily sign on with them, but he's just like, kind of accepts it, I guess. Um, it's a lot of restraint for Mel Gibson. Yeah, I guess I haven't really told about the uh, the plot. The plot is um, these two dirty cops. Um, they rough up a suspect. Much less than real cops do these days. Most cops just shoot people. But uh, they rough one up and that gets recorded and uh, goes online. So they lose their badges for six weeks. And they really need the money for their own personal reasons. So they decide that uh, they will steal the money. Which, if you look in the uh, cop handbook, it's that's illegal. So, dirtier and dirtier. Uh, and they have to... They, so they find a, a bank heist that's going on. And they sort of track it and they try to get that money. Uh, the bank heist is actually a little more, a little bit more interesting. The bad guys in this, they dress in all black, sort of like uh, Sam Fisher sort of stuff. They're interesting. They, I like them. Um, 
the movie's not quite as brutal as everyone else has made it out to be. Like, I've seen stuff that's much, much worse. I assume Bone Tomahawk was uh, a lot more brutal than that. I know a guy gets ripped in half. But, uh... Bone Tomahawk yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. Bones. It's... I, I, I don't know. Uh, by the end of the movie, I don't know what the, the film is trying to tell me. I don't know what viewpoint the film itself has. I know how uh, Mel Gibson feels about certain individuals in society don't we all <laughs> yeah but uh ultimately i do not think i can recommend dragged across concrete and uh which is a shame i think i want to like it just for the title because that's a pretty good title but uh it's i think it's too long i don't think it's exciting enough and uh you know for all the controversy that surrounds it it's not controversial enough not enough people are talking about it not enough people care you know there's more controversy surrounding little women than there is dragged across concrete and uh, can't feel good. Chris, for she it. didn't even get nominated. <laughs> oh no. Uh, anyway, next movie I watched was 1917, the most nationalistic portrayal of Trumpism I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that should have been the keeping it woke goes wrong. But uh, enough about Dorn. So uh, <laughs> uh, I had been wanting to see this ever since I saw the first trailer, and uh, your recommendation, Alex, was echoed by a number of people I'm close with, so I was like, okay, I gotta see this. Uh, like I said, my dad had to go see the matinee showing at the Regal in Germantown, so I was like, okay, either get like four hours of sleep beforehand or no hours of sleep beforehand. I told Parker this, he's like, I want to know what it's going to be like for you to watch that on no sleep. So I saw 1917 on 24 hours of no sleep. Oh, oh my god, yes. Awfully immersive experience, I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Because I was stressed as hell the entire movie. Correct. Uh, I also loved it. Uh, like, this. if this runs away with Best Picture at oh, 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 an oh, award Chris, show, you gotta cut that. at an award show of no specified name, then uh, I think it'd be all right. Um I, I really, really like uh, not just the cinematography because um, I think for a lot of people, they're just like, wow, it looks like all one shot. And I'm like, I know how movies work and I know where the scenes are, but I don't care because the whole thing just looks so good. Uh, I really like the music. The music reminded me of Dunkirk in a really good way. Um, that night scene is something that I am going to be thinking about for probably the rest of my movie watching life. Uh, I love the performances. Alex, you are a thousand percent right about the British face and how that's a real thing that exists. Um, you know, I also like the fact that the movie <coughs> uses uh, famous actors. I wouldn't call them cameos because it's a little bit more than a cameo, but they use, oh, it's finally someone I know. And it's almost like a checkpoint in the movie. It's like, this is where they are, you know? Um, also, all the, all the actors do a really, really good job. To uh, yeah, to compound on that, the fact that every famous person you know in this movie is an officer and everyone else is anonymous, I think is really, really, really effective. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm so happy I saw this. I, you know, one of the other things about it is that like it's a story of a war that's not told often enough for obvious reasons. You know, World War II is obviously going to be in our brains for a long time. But you think about one of the most consequential events of the 20th century. World War One's probably at the top. Uh, and uh, what, what else was there that I really, really liked? Oh, I mean, I, I don't want to give anything away because, Parker, I actually think you you might enjoy this one. I know you may not be into war movies like we are, but uh, you should probably see 1917. And, you know, the, the other movie that makes me think that people should see it, and it's not really that similar, even though, though it's about the same sort of subject and came out recently, people really need to say they shall not grow old. 
good news, it's on HBO Go, so I'll be watching it this week. Good, because that movie Finally. is so, so good. It's not just the technology, which is, of course, impressive, but people need to know this story. And I think a lot of people avoided They Show the Knock Roll just because it's a documentary. It breaks my heart, because that was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And uh, I'm glad that people got to watch this and they get to realize exactly what this movie is. I, I think one of the, the criticisms I heard about this movie is like, it doesn't tell you. Uh, it, it's it, not just a too nationalistic thing. It's like, it doesn't tell you enough that war is hell. I'm like, did, your, did, were you, did you have your eyes closed Are the entire time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single bit of that was, I, I have to admit, like, I don't think I've studied World War One about as much as Alex has, uh, but I studied. I probably of it. studied it more than like everything else in my life combined. I, so that's yeah. I studied a fair <laughs> amount of it, and every single time they went to something, like, wait, they got that part too, and they got that part. Thank you so much for talking about because like everyone says, yeah, I totally would have fought the Nazis. You talk about World War One, dude. You were not going to sign up for that. Once you find out what's over there, they didn't just get the mud. They got the smell. They got the rats. They got the desolation. The no man's land sequence is. They don't even get shot in the no man's land sequence. Uh, it, the it, fact that the fact that you don't see a German for like forty five minutes is like it's yeah, what a work. Of this movie is so good. You know, yeah. is that the part of the movie where Wonder Woman comes out of the trench? It, that, I was going to make the, the comparison. Bits. That that uh, that scene is more exciting than the no man's land scene in Wonder Woman, which is one of the best scenes in that movie. I am no man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they got like the tripwire down. The, the guns are right. I. I just loved it yeah, so they much. They even nailed the giant biplane. <laughs> uh, I, I like the scene at the end where they go to the triage center and you just see how many people are there. You know, you really get a scale of the amount of loss that they have. Boy, I, I have, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on that guy who said it was like it's too nationalistic. You genuinely could not have watched the movie and have that takeaway. That's one of the <laughs> dumbest takes I've ever heard. And like... <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of it because I wish that I could make my brain that stupid for the sake of content. Imagine watching 1917 and thinking, yeah, what a bunch of Trump supporters. <laughs> there is nary a flag in this movie. Like, Yeah, there's a good reason for that, too. <laughs> if you didn't know their stupid hoity-toity accent, you would not know these were British people. Like, well, the face, too. I mean, yes, but they, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Oh, Jesus. And after a bit, you know, one of the other things I liked about it, it was actually kind of funny, too. They're like, there were some pretty decent jokes in there. Uh, or either that or my, my, my theater was rolling in the aisles. But after a bit, when they give him, it starts at the beginning, give him a flare. It's like, look, we're kind of living on that. So when you get over there, I guess just throw it back. Uh, see you later, dead men. And uh, just the amount of casualty that they have, or uh, casualness when they say it over there. No pun intended, I guess. Uh, Man, that it really sticks with me, and it's one of those movies where I'm going to be thinking about it for a really long time. And the other thing about it is, I, I have to talk about this because I talk about it all the time. Is when you can see the hard work that goes into a movie. This must have been one of the most difficult processes to uh, to make a movie. Um, I I'm really really impressed with it. I I'm so this appreciative like... of all the hard work that went into it. This is one of the biggest movie-making flexes I've ever seen. Just everything about it. Just the conceit. The fact that, like, the fucking tear-up scene is in the trailer and still gets you. It's, like, just, like, so many jack-off motions going in the, on in that director's chair. And I respect Yeah, they've totally earned all of it. them. You think about the last time, Parker, you know the basic idea is that it's filmed all in one shot, but, like, not really. Uh, yeah. The last time I saw a movie that did this was... I think the first one that ever did this was Alfred Hitchcock's Rope from 1948, which is my favorite Hitchcock movie. 
That movie took place all in one apartment. This place takes place all across this battlefield. And uh, it's so, so technically proficient. I I really, really, really love this movie. I will probably buy the Blu-ray and watch it whenever I'm feeling too good about myself. Um, or if I ever get a really strong urge to hunt bugs. I partnered this with a movie that's a little bit similar called Replicas. Uh, in which case, <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, boy. So, at one point... Uh, I should tell the plot for people who haven't heard us talk about this twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so excited. <laughs> Keanu Reeves wants to kill God. Uh, so, it's basically a Final Fantasy movie. Uh, he uh, Basically, he's working on bringing people back from the dead. Oh, remember? Like that one book by H.P. Lovecraft? So he's working on that. Uh, he tries to put a human soul into a robot, and the robot gets mad and tears its own face off. So it's not going great. He might need more grant money. Apparently the people who are giving him the money say he's not bringing people back from the dead fast enough. So get a move on there, Jimmy. We need your technology here. Do you guys know corporations are bad? <laughs> I hate those corporations. So uh, anyway, his family is... I guess his, his wife is... His wife, who is about 30 years younger than he is, is really mad at him because he's not spending enough time at home. He's too busy trying to bring people back from the dead. Uh, anyway, he gets into a car crash. I don't know if it was deliberate. And... Uh, <laughs> 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 they all die. And he's like, oh, no, I have to... Wait. Maybe I can bring them back from the dead. What a great idea. Who, Let me call my lab cook, the Verizon. Guy. I have to admit, he was my favorite part of the movie because he was, I think, the best actor in the entire thing. And he was saying all the stuff that I would probably say at this point. Like, no, I don't want to help. You know, I'm doing enough for you. Don't give me a fucking hard time here, okay? So I, I, I kind of liked him, even though he is kind of wormy the entire movie. I, I don't know. I was mostly on his side. Anyway, he's like, okay, I can bring back my wife. Obviously, I gotta bring that back. I did it all for the Nookie. But as for these guys, let's see. One, two, three. One, two. Hmm. And he's just looking at his fingers like he's uh, Kevin from The Office trying to buy a candy bar from the uh, <laughs> machine. Oh. You know, if you put all their names into a hat and draw out one, you could revive all the other members of your family. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> what a good fucking movie. So he does that. <laughs> I have to admit, I was kind of expecting Replicas to turn into a horror movie at any point. It doesn't. Uh, instead, I have to admit, if this movie had been made like 20 years earlier in 1998, this would be like a screwball comedy with a bit of sci-fi in it. Watch how his revived family tries to adjust to the modern world. They don't know that they've been dead for four days. Maybe it was more than four days. I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of explaining that he needs to do, and he just doesn't. <laughs> I love that about this movie. I love so much that, like, it's just a dude who's in, like, like, fucking in over his head solely because he didn't have enough pods to resurrect his whole family and is trying to cover up the existence of one of them and he's just like just the, there's like the entire second act of this movie is just him fighting fires of like oh fuck they're gonna find out they're gonna find out oh fuck yeah oh hey the milk spoiled i didn't remember to change the milk yeah of like, all shit things like, like, like little stuff like that i have to admit the zoe backstory almost gets relegated to like a side story at one point like like no one's gonna mention this he's not gonna like cry over his okay there it is thank you uh, and 
then it all comes crashing down and it was like oh I have to tell you and uh, I have to admit that the, the secret is discovered when uh, his daughter has a nightmare and he carries her down to the basement to hook her up to his god machine and then his wife comes down and she's like what are you doing he's like nothing it's just a little sedative she couldn't sleep she's like get the get the thing the hell off of her what happened and she's like okay so you all died and <laughs> which is my favorite way to explain it but you guys have explained this to me before and i remembered most of the storyline so i wasn't that surprised it's still i liked it about as much as you guys did but uh, <laughs> of course i liked it a lot but uh i think the part that I forgot that you guys mentioned is the ending shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we made a point not to ruin it because we knew Thank at you. some point yeah, this was going to happen to you. When we get the studio... <laughs> the, one of the guy, hardest laughs I've ever had in my life. We are absolutely having a robot in a full suit and tie. <laughs> robot just I, walking into that room wearing a suit and tie, smash cut to credits. <laughs> oh my fucking god. I love so much that like I love the idea of this movie in theory. Like I think it's a really cool idea that like does some interesting things. And I love this movie in practice for an entirely different reason. <laughs> exactly. Like this could be a legitimately good movie, but also I love this movie. <laughs> it's so powerful. Chris, which robot looks better? The robot at the end of this or fucking robot spider Gary Oldman? <laughs> <laughs> the robot from this looks like the one from iRobot. Uh, yeah, that's a pull. Uh, this, <laughs> I can't get that image out of my mind, so I told Parker, like, yo, can we get one of those for the studio, right? And he's like, yo, we're going to have uh, robot in a suit and tie Bigfoot, right? Like, yo, what if... What if we uploaded our consciousness into Bigfoot? <laughs> Delete this. Delete all of this. No one can know. Yeah, this is going right down the portfolio. You just start hearing a typewriter smashing out a screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to save my son? Well, not entirely. Smash cut to a Bigfoot just dragging someone through the forest. <laughs> Something happened to his body. They say the forest knows best. <laughs> Son, it's me. Remember me. Just throws him through a fucking tree. <laughs> the Bigfoot just pouring milk all over the table and completely missing his bowl. No, no, honey, you're supposed to get it into the bowl. <laughs> it's the secret Harry and the Hendersons reboot. Oh my god. Okay, I've, delete all of this. I forgot Do how not funny steal. just the sound effect of you going is. <laughs> it's, it's such a pure sound. All right, and the last time I watched was Patriots Day. Alex, what did you watch? Buddy. Yeah, uh, just gonna just gonna let, end on that. Like your dynasty has ended. Not nice. Uh, I have to admit, now that the Red Sox news has come out, I have to just emphatically take a stand. I'm a thousand percent pro cheating. It's good for me, actually. So more teams should do it. It's maybe you guys should cheat Funny, better because I have been saying the Astros have done nothing wrong for months, and now that the Red Sox are also involved, I now have to be. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, yeah, I bet that does suck. Anyway, so I watched um, uh, Patriots Day, and it's usually not a good sign when you begin with, "Well, it definitely wasn't as good as Deepwater Horizon." Um, <laughs> Which, as it turns out, came out uh, around the same time. So, got that going for it. Uh, so many of these movies. Yeah, I have to admit, 
I kind of, kind of, sort of like Patriots Day, and not just because. <laughs> Same. Yeah, not yeah, not just owns. because, not just because. Well, it's a Boston thing, a Boston truck. Although that actually is a part. Like I had friends who were at the marathon, and they uh, they were near oh, the. Oh, no, they might have saw one of the two dead people. Well, maybe, uh, but. Uh, and that's the thing. It's like I can't make a whole lot of jokes about this kind of subject because it's not really that funny to me. But uh, I, I, I guess I can. Obviously, it was pretty stupid at the end where they put uh, uh, closed captions underneath the the one Asian guy who speaks more clearly. <laughs> one Asian, yeah, who, in the whole movie. He speaks far more clearly than one of those other Boston uh, police. Everyone officers. else fucking talks like this, and the one Asian guy <laughs> has like the lightest broken English. Like, no one's gonna know what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, let's put it on here just in case anyone else pieces out. What a nice Boston touch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of a Boston touch, I one of those things that that to me is really tasteless about this movie is the fact that they're constantly uh, shilling for Dunkin' Donuts. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. The, there's a quote that I heard from Alvin York who said that uh, what happened over there isn't for buying and selling. But apparently it is in this movie. They're just selling, hey, guys, Dunkin' Donuts. So ordinarily, I would call it tasteless, but those donuts are pretty good. So I happen to... What do you think? Uh, John Goodman's really good accent. Oh my goodness! I, that's the thing is, I, I really like John Goodman. Uh, there was a, a tweet that actually was really interesting. It's like, which actors or actresses have uh, your favorite movie voices? And one of the first ones that comes to mind is John Goodman. I really like his voice. I think my favorite all time is Orson Welles. But there's a lot to have really, really great voices. Is is it wrong that the first thing I think of when I think of John Goodman's movie voice is B movie? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Absolute shit for brains. Just rolling around in that movie. Anyway, nice to have Josh guessing on the podcast with us. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, he was just awful. But you know who was great and basically made the movie for me was J.K. Simmons. I fucking loved him in this movie. I thought he did a Forgot great he's job. It, but he's so good he was, And he was great. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna flank. He just walks around through the neighborhood like he owns it. Bang, right in the ankle. Down he goes. Um, the fact that it's the kid from Hereditary playing Shakar Zanayev um, didn't really strike me as particularly funny considering I've seen him in a whole bunch of other things um, I think he's way too tall to play the role um, that was noticeable right from the get go because uh, Shakar Zanayev was a manlet um, Same. yeah I I don't know I actually I kind of liked it but even then it was a little too hooky for me I don't like the fact that uh, Mark Wahlberg plays every single cop who ever lived in Boston ever <laughs> I think that's kind of insulting. no 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 it happened by this Duncan over here yeah he was just he was the guy who did all these different things he was here and here and here and here and here and here and here like he's the one who uh, meets up with the Asian dude after he escapes from the Sarnaya brothers really that just happens to be that coincidence I don't buy it I think that's stupid so, uh, I, and you know, one of the other things that's tasteless about this is that, like, maybe let this tragedy breathe a bit before we make a movie about it at all, you know? Like, it just reeks to me of desperation. It's like, oh, we gotta get our money in. We have to get those, you know, stupid people who are gonna go see it. And I don't know. I think that kind of bugs me. Uh, overall, it's it's exciting. There are a couple parts that are just like, oh, this is actually kind of gripping. Like, the initial explosion is just like, I'm actually paying attention here. And uh, the Sarnaya brothers are names that are going to live in infamy for a pretty long time. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to rewatch this. I actually maybe want to rewatch Deepwater Horizon. Because <laughs> it uh, turns out that movie was actually pretty good. So, uh, yeah. Alex, what did you watch? 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got one more. Right. I forgot. I, I didn't. Okay. I don't shirk my content. I have to mention autism. I was able to complete the game, The Lawnmower Man, for the Genesis. Fuck yes. The reason I was able to complete it is because it is the easiest game I have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you like going to Computer Egypt? That was one, Computer of, City? one of the first things you see in the movie is the demo, which plays Cyber Egypt. I'm just like, oh, I have to press start. Okay. All right. Let's just go. <laughs> it has, like, oh, you thought that uh, The Lawnmower Man for the movie looked bad. You aren't ready for how stupid and how annoying this game is. It looks bad. It sounds worse. Uh, it switches from first person to third person, which is really trippy. The only parts I struggled with were the matching sequences, which just seems to be pure random unless it's a number thing. Which oh it's my obvious. god! Or maybe I'm just not autistic enough to know the the pattern matching thing. It was uh, not good. I'll tell you that much. And the final boss is that uh, freaky ass face from the from the movie just flying out at you, and you have to shoot it. You have to shoot the face for like 20 minutes to end the game. Well, not 20 minutes if you're any good, because again, the game is <laughs> super easy. Um, I don't know what difficulty I played it on, if you could even select your difficulty, because uh, that one's a loss to the ether. Uh, but uh, that game sucks. Thank you so gotcha, much buddy. for doing this. You couldn't have just assigned me Meat and Fuck Kingdom. No. Of so course what did not. you watch? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta get my nose. All right. So let me get the real movies out of the way first. So I actually forgot to talk about this one last week. Fuck yes. uh, I made the very (sighs) unfortunate decision on Christmas before I went to go see my family to watch Marriage Story, which is like not. Yeah, that was not (laughs) not uh, not my best moment. But uh, let me put it this way: this movie is very well acted. as someone whose parents got divorced when I was seven, hit real, real fucking close to home. Yeah. I'm not really sure anybody else needs to see this. Like, it's it's good. Like, it's not it's not a world. I gotta admit, I, I don't really want to see it. I'm sure it's really, really good. This isn't a subject matter I want to see. Have you have you ever seen a Noah Baumbach movie? I don't know if I have. I don't think so. Well, basically, they're like sadder Woody Allen movies without the pedophilia. So. so you take the good with the bad. All right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I'm going to remember that description the rest of my life. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, like, it's good. If you like good acting, it's it's worth watching. If you don't care about acting, you can absolutely skip this one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand why there are memes of this movie. I guess congrats to Netflix for their outreach, but... uh. Yeah, it's like the most dramatic emotional part of the movie, and he's yelling at the cat from the other meme. God, I fucking hate that cat meme so much, dude. Mm-hmm. I hate when normies get their hands on memes. I just, just they shouldn't be allowed. You should have to take a test if you want to post <laughs> memes. Like, it's that government simple. regulation. Post the cat be a scam. meme meritocracy. Yeah. That's 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 all we need. Yeah. I'll One percent of the content pass creators to uh, Donald Trump. Jr. God, there we go. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent of the memes. Real deal. No sexy bill supports Baron Trump. We will protect him at all costs. He's our perfect son, and we love him. If if he has like a like a burner that just posts memes on Twitter, like I would give any amount of money to see it. <laughs> oh my God, I, I can see it. Imagine this. 
I don't even care what memes they are with the content. They can all be like memes about Roblox skins for all I care. God, would, I just want to see them. He would absolutely record himself doing the Fortnite dance with like huge intel just in the background. <laughs> I love him. It's just two Secret Service guys watching him floss. <laughs> Dad says you have to watch me. <laughs> he just <laughs> his backpack on the ground. <coughs> Absolute king shit. Protect Baron at all costs. Alright, so the other real movie I watched this week is a movie from 2000 called Gosford Park, which is one of, if not the last movie that Robert Altman made. Oh. Guess it turns out, turns out Robert Altman's really good at making movies. Disagree. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> there are a lot of bad ones. Which... Um, so basically this is, um, it's, I think it's 1930s England and there's this dinner party with all these posh socialites and also all of their servants are there. So we get this juxtaposition of, you know, the, the bougie judgy rich people and then the servants that have to like be responsible for them. And then halfway through the movie, a murder happens and they have to figure it out. But it's like the movie's really about like this class dynamic and stuff like while also being this whodunit. And it's one of those movies that doles out information at a really, really good pace. And that's the biggest reason that, uh, that like, I would recommend this. Parker, you would be bored to tears because there'd be, like, 40 minutes of just posh Victorian ladies talking to each other. Oh, hell like, yeah. yeah, I'm out. That's my jam. Yeah. But, like, I, I wanted to watch, like, something that was, like, this kind of, like, you know, dinner party whodunit, but also wasn't Knives Out or Clue. And this absolutely fit the bill and young clive owens in it all right now we're talking uh, yeah it's just like uh it's like a who's who of british character actors but also our friend ryan philippe oh my god and you're telling me i wouldn't like this (laughs) you might like it i don't know maybe i'm not giving you enough credit i think you're probably giving me enough credit let's be honest it's it's like two hours and ten minutes long like after the murder happens at like the 90 minute mark the detective shows up at the house to investigate and it's Stephen fry and that works okay that works okay. real well okay but uh no there, there's it's just like a really well-made movie that like even if it's not like your jam like it's very watchable all right so now let's get to the trash that oh, y'all fuck yes bring it in <laughs> feed right, me so parker had me watch a movie called avengement oh, did i ever <laughs> What Parker did not tell me is that this is just a Guy Ritchie knockoff with Scott Atkins. Correct. <laughs> Surprise. It's so fucking good. <laughs> fucking Owens, dude. <laughs> it's just this fucking guy, like Scott Atkins with these stupid metal teeth, just like doing his best Jason Statham impression as he yells at all these fucking wankers in a pub, interspliced with just like cuts to him just fighting people in prison. There's like a solid 40 minutes that is just that interchanged over and over and over again. I would say it's more than it's cool. It's so fucking cool. It fucking Here's owns. a scene of exposition. All right, now here's him getting his teeth knocked out in prison. All right, here's more exposition. God, what a movie. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that we see the scene of him getting curb stopped four different times in this 85-minute movie. God <laughs> bless. I love cinema. This is, this is the kind of trash that, like, if you like Scott Atkins, you'll fucking love this. If you don't know who Scott Atkins is, you can skip it. Also, get it together. <laughs> yeah. Scott Atkins fucking rules. What a good movie. Thank you for this. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I had two assignments from Chris that I had to get to. 
Um, the first of which was Once Upon a Deadpool. Now, Chris. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> were you forget. familiar with, with what this was when you assigned it Yeah, to sorry for cheating again. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> this is literally just Deadpool 2 with all the fucks bleeped. It's the same movie. Like... Not, it's not hyperbole. It's literally just PG-13 Deadpool 2. So did you like it? So it's just played in the background while I did other uh, whoa, things. that's wait, a movie wait, I've already wait. seen. Do, do you not like satire? Maybe you just didn't get it. Oh, maybe I just didn't get it. Yeah. Dude, he knows he's in the movie. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, they break the fourth wall a couple times. Parker, could you explain the fourth wall to him? There's like a film thing going on here. Uh, in my film class, I learned that, <laughs> you know, there's four walls. <laughs> but here's the thing. Deadpool doesn't play by the rules. Yeah. That's, that's a good yeah. point. Did I, you like I, the framing device? I, I fucking hate the Princess Bride. <laughs> and if the whole goal of this was to get me on record saying that I hate the Princess Bride, then, man, you could have just asked me. Because that movie fucking sucks. And I don't know why people like oh, it. Oh, I love it. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. Chris likes a good movie. <laughs> that's what we're calling that. Yeah, we will. Epic Bacon and Nego Montoya, dude. Prepare to die. Top is keck, dude. Fuck off. Dude, that is muck ass as fuck. So did you like Once Upon a Deadpool or not? not (laughs) I mean, I liked it about as much as I like Deadpool, except a little bit less because they said the fuck word less, I guess. I don't know. Less or not at all. Maybe you should go back and rewatch it. Let's make sure. (laughs) They didn't let one slip through. Who's to fucking say? Whoa, hey, 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 hey. It's PG-13. They literally bleep some of them. It's not even like they did new dialogue. I mean, I I assume that, like, you're going to have to keep it in because otherwise you'd, like, change up the story or something. Well, I mean, you're already changing up the story. (laughs) I just, just, who asked for this? Uh, Who are the fucking eleven-year-olds out there that aren't allowed to hear the? I think it's the I think it's the parents really into the sequel to Deadpool. I think it's the the parents were just like, well, uh, I've heard about this movie. They didn't see it, but they're just like, well, my Johnny's not old enough to see it, but all the kids at school are talking about Deadpool, so I want to. Sure, watch. Sure, I I assume. I don't know why didn't they do it for the first movie then? Uh, I don't know why is it only for the sequel? Imagine being like a ten-year-old that's like, fuck yeah, I mean, f yeah, I get to see Deadpool. And then it's the sequel, and you have none of this backstory. And you're like, who's this fucking lady that he keeps joking about wanting to fuck in the ass? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, what? anyway. I'm assuming Fox, like, looked at all the money they made and went, ah, this didn't work. This didn't work. What can we put in theaters that's PG-13 around Christmas? Yeah, that could be it. Wait, wasn't it straight to video, though? Oh, it I may have gotten This was in theaters. This was absolutely oh. in theaters. Like, okay. yeah, I like, definitely like right saw this Christmas on marquees. Yeah, and was like... Chris, we'll sign this. Like, I just, well, I didn't know that this is what it was. Because, like, why would I ever look up anything about this movie? I thought it was just some other movie that it was about, like, oh, how cool it is to be a Deadpool fan or some dumb shit that was going to make me actually miserable. Instead of just, like, a PG-13 version of a movie. I didn't realize it was literally just fine. the movie, yeah. but with things censored out. That's so much worse than I imagined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't feel bad for, like, you know... Doing no, that's that's okay. Because, I'm like, glad. I didn't need to pay attention. I have to admit, uh, you're you're absolutely in the clear for just ignoring this. <laughs> yeah, I said I'd do it, and I okay. did it. So you can fuck yourself. Yeah. The other thing you assigned me was a movie called Hotel Transylvania. Oh yeah, which I was expecting to be like every other movie for babies. It basically was. But uh, I actually really liked yeah, it. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, I had I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, I, you know, like, I watched it with my family, and I, I kept thinking, you know, what, there are certain parts of that that are like my other family. 
like, it's... The word that I would use to describe this movie is charming. Like, there's just a lot of little touches that really get you invested in, you know, the world and... You know, just the, the, the minutia of these minor characters that you wouldn't otherwise care about in this animated movie. Like, I don't know, I, it was enjoyable. It was tight 90 minutes, had a nice story, a nice message. Like, I... It was good. It was for it's one of the better kids movies I've seen. So yeah. uh, good work. Yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad that one worked out. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. So I watched a movie that I stumbled across on Amazon Prime called A Hoax. Parker, he, listen close. Uh oh, I'm sitting Uh-oh. upright. <laughs> so let me give you the setup for Hoax, which is a movie that came out in 2019. Oh my god! And somehow I just found out about it. Oh my god. But, uh, all right, so this is kids in the woods. Oh know. my god, I'm sorry. They're hanging out, you know, typical typical slasher movie entrance. You know, these kids are hanging out. Some of them are fucking. The one kid that's not fucking is like playing with his drone and be like, oh, look at these people fucking. I see them on my drone. And then Bigfoot shows up and murders him. Oh, oh put it in my face. And it's like real like B movie slasher kills. Oh god, like, yes. What? So like bears like, are involved? <laughs> fucking sure. Sure. The highs and lows I just experienced in thirty seconds. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. I mean, they are in the forest. I I would understand why the cats of the forest would be yeah. there, but. Um. So, cut to the the local town where you see all these like news reports about all these kids that went missing in the woods. They don't know what happened. Was it a bear attack? Who knows? We get this fucking smug executive douchebag who's like, "I'm gonna take a film crew up there. We're gonna film a documentary and find out what happened." So he assembles his team, you know, you've got, you know, your your uh, primate scientist, you've got this weird cryptozoologist guy, you've got the muscle, you've got this extremely annoying blonde TV reporter who just bitches about being there the whole time. You know, just the typical characters that you'd expect to go up there. They go up there, and as can be expected, like, shit starts happening. And it's funny, because, like, this movie has, like, fucking, like, helicopter shots of the wilderness and shit, like, that you wouldn't expect to see in, like, one of these, you know, like, $20,000 Bigfoot movies. But also, every time you catch a glimpse of the creature, it just looks like a shitty guy in a suit. And you're like, this is, like, like, this is weird. Why would you make your movie like this? Well, you know, these people start getting picked off one by one. The reporter girl gets, like, her leg broken, so, like, she's, like, in this tent by herself. They're all out exploring. They hear her screaming. They all run back. She's, like, freaking out. It's like, it was here. It was here. I saw it. And it, like, painted a little Bigfoot paw in blood on her stomach. And, like, it was like this movie is stupid and great, and I'm here for it. And so, you know, we hit the basically the point where the climax is about to happen. Everyone gets split up. They're running through the woods at night. A couple of them stumble upon this house in the woods. And they're like, oh, fuck, we gotta hide from the creature. Let's go in here. They go in, and this is where we find out that the lady that lives in the house, who's just some fucking hillbilly with her two brothers or fellow hillbillies, or who fucking knows, is actually the one manufacturing all the Bigfoot attacks. (laughs) 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 Because they're tired of these fucking city slickers coming up there. So it's just these two guys dressing up like Bigfoot, going out in the woods and murdering anybody that comes near them. The Scooby-Doo Jr. thing I've ever heard in my life. so excited to talk to you about this next week. (laughs) There is, like, a, like, five-minute, like, 
fairly brutal scene of like one of the characters getting murdered, another one getting like chunks cut off him to get thrown into this lady's stew that she's making. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Where is the Mr. Machine when the, you need it? One of the fucking hillbillies is just dancing with like this burned body and like they're they keep telling the girl that they have to keep her alive and it's clear what the implication is of that. So, you know, she ends up stabbing the guy escaping, you know. Finds the kid's car from the beginning of the movie, starts driving away in it, gets into a car accident. You know, fade to black. Fade comes back up, you know, the airbag's out, she's in a daze. Like, the OnStar thing is, like, calling her. Like, like, hey, hey, where are you? Do you need help? Do you need help? She's like, yes, I need help. I've been in an accident. Like, please. And it's like, okay, cool. Somebody's going to be there as soon as they can. And then the lady catches her. Fade to black a second time. Fade comes back up. It's the producer of the movie running through the woods with his gun, like, clearly, like, back where we left him, like, 20 minutes ago, running around, thinks he's in the clear, thinks he's safe, camera spins around, actual Bigfoot is behind him and rips his head off. <laughs> Roll credits. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my okay, okay. 1,000 out of 10. Might be calling in soon tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> like, infinite stars. This, oh, my God. It is so Would you good. call this the best Bigfoot movie you've seen, or is it too tough to, to grade this? It's in the conversation. It's, one of, it's like, like, who's your favorite good song? ones. Because, so. like, I was expecting for the first, like, hour of this movie that it was just, like, every other Bigfoot movie I've seen, except with this, like, little bit of slasher movie magic at the beginning. And then I got that ending. Fuck me. I'm so excited. I Can we postpone this recording for 96 minutes? Oh my god. Oh man. Shit. I'm getting the shakes. I'm so excited. A goddamn masterpiece of our time. I'm sure there are there are like plenty of details that I did that I did not pick over just so you would have something to do oh with god, this because I know so that you were so fucking ready. Be just gonna be pacing around my room until we're done. Yeah, lost in space. Uh, that fucking sucks. Do you see you next week for episode <laughs> on hoax? Goodbye. And then, last but not least, I took a little trip to the cinema today. Oh god, <coughs> yes. Excuse me, sorry. Took a little trip to the cinema today to see a movie called Underwater. Oh god, yes. Mm. Underwater fucks, but also do not use your brain at any point during the movie. Because if you think for half a second, the whole thing falls apart. Way ahead of you. Which, God, I mean, it, anybody that's seeing this movie should already know that. It sucks because there's so many movies I want to see. I know I'm not going to get to Underwater. And then in two months, I'm going to come on here and go, Man, I wish I saw this in a theater. Yeah. I already know how oh, this yeah. ends for me. But I, I'm not going to see Underwater before I see 1917. I have, I have some standards for myself. That's fair, but also, they're both in theaters at the same time, so why not both? I have so little free time. Me too. Uh, just <laughs> call in sick one day. It's fine. I'm thinking about it. No, you you will be very upset if you redbox this in two months. God damn it. didn't get to see it on a, God damn on a screen. Like, it's one of those movies where, like, the first half of the movie, and this somehow isn't really an insult although it kind of is like the first half of the movie feels like somebody stitched together the cutscenes from a video game and just cut out all the gameplay parts because it's like people in a room it's like ah fuck we gotta put on these suits and go over here and then they suit up and then they're walking for like 15 seconds then they're in the next room and they're like all right now we gotta go over here and it's like a lot of that Hmm. and it works because like 
you're introduced to the fact that something is wrong about 45 seconds into the movie. There's no time to dwell on, like, all this backstory and character development. Oh, I wonder what their origin stories are. There's fucking none of that. Like, you're at, like, minute one, and the station is already floating. Like, you're just off yes. the races. And I yes. greatly, greatly appreciate that about this movie. You get a, you get a sick pressure explosion of a dude, like, 15 minutes in. It's, it's pretty sick. Um... And then, you know, like, like if you've seen the trailer, you know, there's, like, sea monsters or some shit that they drilled into. Who knows? Like, oh, they were in this warm pocket, but now they're here. How are they doing with the pressure? Movie doesn't say. Doesn't matter. Ignore the fact that it makes no sense. Like, how are they doing this? Why are they walking on the bottom of the Mariana Trench? Don't worry about it. It's fine. And then there's one shot, like, with, like, 20 minutes to go in the movie where you... you basically you have an understanding of what the movie is and where they need to go and they're close and then there's an upward pan and you see something else and you just go oh fuck me thank oh, god, god yeah. this. like if you are a garbage goblin like parker and myself <laughs> you will fucking love this movie like this is this is like the most like have an edible and zone out in the theater and just like don't fucking worry about it movie that i've seen in a while like very very good at what it's doing and on the subject of one Tedriel Jeremiah Miller. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, I hate the comic relief character in movies like this most of the time, just, like, as a point of principle, because they're never, they're never as funny as the director thinks they are. But I generally respect that this is one of those, like, always-on comedic relief characters who's just clearly nervous and making jokes about everything, but never lets up. So, like, you don't have, like... He's, it's not like the character where it's like, oh, yeah, here's my nervous, dumb joke, and then I'm going to do something heroic in the next minute. It's just nothing but nervous, dumb jokes. And I respect the consistency of the character. Like, it made me not hate that guy playing that character, which I was not expecting. Like, so. I was excited for this movie already, and then when I read that it was shot in 2017, oh my god. <laughs> just knowing that this has been on a shelf for years, it's like, yeah, just dump this out second week of January. Like, it's this is the trash I crave give to it's, daddy pre-cancellation dj miller just you pop will the love it I'm yeah so excited <laughs> movies are great movies are movies are very very good speaking of movies parker what did you consume this week i consume so much <clears throat> now apologies up top to my good friend chris i did not watch empanada in the moonlight Escanab- i told you <laughs> i know i told you like i'll wake up see how i'm feeling this morning was not the morning to watch it's okay it. it's okay that, you are very clear movie. like it's a very important movie to you it's like you know what i'll watch this when i'm not looking out of one half open bloodshot eye because it was it was <laughs> a challenge you have today. to wait for the moon to come up for the chupacabra to show up oh my god what if you what if you guys is going to get uh chupacabra versus the alamo starring erica Stone. god i hope it's not me i'd be so <laughs> mad oh jeez <laughs> But I did watch an assignment from one of you called 12 Feet Deep. <laughs> Alex, your girlfriend, she understands me <laughs> in such a, a powerful way. <laughs> did you end up watching that movie ATM that I talked about with them? I sure did. What if that, but stuck in a pool? That was my read of what this movie is. Exactly. So. What, when I open it on Prime and see, based on a true story... I kicked my feet excitedly and hit play. <laughs> the whole conceit of this movie is it's two sisters. 
One of them loses the ring in the pool and it gets stuck in the drain. So they go dive in after it. The guy from Saw looks over, doesn't see anyone, he's like, fuck this, because there's a three-day weekend coming up. Closes the lid on the pool and goes home. And they're now trapped under there. And within five minutes, it's just opening up all their deep secrets and anxieties about each other to try and heal their broken sibling friendship. And, like, this just keeps going on. Like, it's a solid, like, 30 minutes of, yeah, we're stuck in here, we have to get out. You know, I'm, I'm glad our dad's dead. You're like, fucking what? Okay. <laughs> and then 30 minutes in, the janitor shows up. And this is when the movie changes. Because she immediately, like, they, they hear her, so they scream and get her attention. She's like, oh, cool, there's people stuck. Immediately goes through their wallets, <laughs> takes all of their phones, is like, hey, I'll let you out, but, uh, I'll need the code for your debit card here. <laughs> So they, in being in no position to negotiate, give up their phone passwords, give up their debit card info. She's like, all right, sick. Leaves. <laughs> the sisters <laughs> argue again. She comes back. She's like, hey, thanks for mentioning you only get 80 bucks in your account. <laughs> Makes no attempt to let them out again. <laughs> there's a reveal, like, there's a small little hole in it, like, for ventilation. And there's just a reveal that, like, these two sisters have been talking for, like, 20 minutes. And then the janitor's just been laying on top of it, listening to them bicker this whole time. Which is incredibly good. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Bunch of dumb shit happens. There's, the janitor has a change of heart like eight different times. Janitor decides to let him out, but she doesn't have the right password. <laughs> so she's like, uh, I don't know what to do. I can't let you guys out. They're like, oh, call the police. She'll be like, nah, then they'll know what happens. So she leaves again. <laughs> they eventually fight their way out. How they get out, you may ask. You know the grate that I mentioned in the beginning that the ring was stuck in? Yeah. They just now think, like, hey, what if we just use that to pierce a hole in the top? That happens at, like, minute 80. <laughs> and then the janitor shows up again with a gun. It's... Thank you so this much. This is Tell her thank story. You. <laughs> I will. It's... It was such absolute garbage. But, you know, the best garbage just 80 minutes of these people cold and shivering while this middle-aged woman's like, you ain't on how hard other people got it up here. It's so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> the next movie I watched is a movie that... Alex, this will be in your future. I promise you. Oh, boy. Uh, this movie is called Dead Bang. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's a, it takes place in the late 80s. It's an L.A. homicide detective... Looking for a murderer. Some dude held up a convenience store, shot the guy, shot a cop right in the face after on Christmas Eve. So this dude's investigating it. It was like a simple murder. It's like this whole fucking spiderweb of neo-Nazis and white supremacists arms trafficking and like building a militia. And also the cop investigating is 1989 Don Johnson. Oh, hell yeah. There's a scene like fucking 20 minutes in. There's this... He wakes up just hung the fuck over. It's Christmas Day. He fucks some lady the night before. He is just looks like hot death. Finds his perp. There's this huge long chase through the streets, through the alleys, all that. Gets him down. Immediately vomits all over the guy because he's so fucking hungover. <laughs> There's a scene like halfway through where he has to undergo psychiatric evaluation or else get thrown off a case. So the evaluation is just him threatening to beat the fuck out of the guy because he looks like Woody Allen. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's the entire scene. Then he's like, all right, cool, you're back on the case. It's like 
a hundred minutes, I think, like an hour forty. It is some good old grimy eighties cop stuff. It's real good. Fuck yes. It fucking owns. I forgot to mention Don Johnson's <laughs> in Dragged Across Concrete as the police chief who uh suspends them. Fuck. So nice to see him again. I love Don Johnson so much. This Same. is like right as Miami Vice is ending, so he just just picture what that looks like. Mm. Did a lot for me. Hey, Chris, you should go see Uncut Gems, like, as soon as possible. I'm trying, man. It's yeah. so fucking I'm good. Trying. It is... God. Like, there's... You can't really talk about it, but just just trust me. It's so fucking good. I'll get to it, I promise. I just want to talk about it for hours and hours. Thank God there's at least one movie that's come out fairly recently that got, you know, some prestige budge, but is, that also has good memes attached. Every time I see Adam Sandler holding up the Millennium, <laughs> so I fucking lose my mind. This Those is how really I good. win. Holding the three blue eyes white dragons <laughs> is also incredibly good. Like, without even spoiling anything, the best line delivery is just him screaming, I'm gonna come! <laughs> first yeah. It's... It's really fucking good. And tangentially a Boston movie. I don't know how that important to do that. Did, is did you say Boston? We should we should have that like as like a MIDI file just play <laughs> oh, whenever somebody says Boston. You, you do realize Cortana, I just have the me, song and I just play find it. Find me shipping you guys up are. to Boston on recorder. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> you remember how much funnier it was to play the MIDI of Bad to the Bone than the actual song? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't I don't think they ever played shipping up to Boston on an SNES song considering it came out in two thousand. I will find a chip tune. Uh, I will, Cortana, remind me how tomorrow. How hard can it be to make? One? I want to if, if they have right? shipping up to Boston on a shitty recorder that uh <laughs> <laughs> this show is going to get so much better let me look for it right now go ahead keep going but yeah like i won't say much else but like absolutely good there's so many scenes where it's just things keep amping up in the backyard you're like just fucking don't do it just just go home go home to your nice family just fucking it's fine just move on just stop oh, it's so good the way it just escalates over and over and over and over again until it ends is like, you were right. Like, there was a point where I was like, I think I remember this game. It doesn't matter. That's not the yeah. point. It truly doesn't matter. It's. I think one of, my, one of my favorite things about this movie is, like, when you talk to somebody that's never bet on sports about the climax of this movie, and they're just, like, look at you like, is that what it's like? And you're like, yeah, even when it's, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, this, is why, this is why you people do it. Like... like girlfriend like doesn't know much about like gambling or sports or anything but soon as like the big bet includes winning the tip off i looked at her like what the fuck is he doing <laughs> you've got to be shitting me dude yeah i was so nervous like i kind of remember this game but i don't remember who won the fucking tip oh my god i was just like clenching my seat oh so good so yeah those directors get a yeah. blank pass i'll see like anything they do for the next 10 Correct. years it's going to take like three consecutive shitty movies for me to not automatically see their movies because god damn I need to watch a good time again oh yeah oh my god I forgot to watch so uh remember we did an episode back in the day on the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Double Team yeah boy do I what? I did I watched Double Impact which as you movie. may remember <laughs> is that there are two Jean-Claude Van Dammes <laughs> <laughs> Twins separated at birth and reunited. Imagine the look on my face when I learned that the ch the twins' names are Chad and Alex. <laughs> Had an existential crisis. Oh, I know whose t-shirt I'm getting. 
Have either of you seen this? No, I haven't. I, I feel like I'm going to be serious. I've seen Face Off, though, so. It will be an episode in the future. I promise you that. Oh, that's it is as well. So powerful. Oh, my God. Like, there's only one scene I really want to talk about because we're absolutely going to do an episode. First of all, like, you know, like on the Bond movies, there's a big bad, and they have, like, their heavy, like the guy that does all the dirty work. The heavy in this movie is the Asian dude from Bloodsport. So, like, oh, we're yeah. already... There are so many fucking squibs. Like, there's, <laughs> there are gunfights, and there are just brutal... Hit the opening scene... I'm gonna jump all over the place and get excited. Yes. We learn, like, why the twins were separated. It's because they were just... His parents were just straight up fucking murdered by this Chinese triad gang. <laughs> in which the mom, like, sees the husband get shot to death. Dude from Bloodsport walks up to her. She's like... What's going to happen to my kids? Holds a shotgun to her face and goes, you'll never know, and blows her head clean off. <laughs> it's so good. But there's a scene, The one of the Van Dams is like, just gets absolutely plastered shit face drunk. Because the other Van Dam is out with his girlfriend. Now they're just off doing God knows what. But he decides like, no, they're probably having passionate sex. So this whole scene is him stumbling around a house just downing a bottle and just kicking in windows, just beating the shit out of the house itself, interspersed with what his fantasy is of, of them fucking, which is essentially shot like a Red Shoes Diary episode. It is the most gratuitous <laughs> softcore yes. I've ever seen. This movie is 10 stars out of 10. It is, it is the Double Dragon movie we deserved. It is so good. Cannot wait to talk about it again in the near future. Ooh, I only have a couple more. So sometimes you stumble upon a horror movie. It's like, I remember hearing about this. And the cover grabs you. It's called Feast. Now, it's not great, but here's the thing. This movie came from, do y'all remember way back in the day, the Project Greenlight show on HBO? Um, yeah. Vaguely, yeah. So when I see a creature feature horror movie, and at the top I see from executive producers Wes Craven, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck, like, <laughs> I'm not going to not hit play on that. 30 seconds in and like it came out in 2006 in the mid 2000s energy is so powerful how powerful you ask skip i'm so glad you asked me <clears throat> now they do the thing they love doing around this time or they introduce a character freeze frame and there's a little introduction card with like their name and some zany fact about them they do this for like a dozen people one of which is a kid in a wheelchair now, here's how fucking 2006's movie is. Name. Hot Wheels. Occupation. Selling fireworks to 7th graders. Life expectancy. They wouldn't kill a cripple, would they? <laughs> it is. And the, one of the other characters is just Jason Mewes playing Jason Mewes. He is himself. The guy from Jay and Silent Bob just playing himself. And then Henry Rollins shows up. It makes no goddamn sense. The movie's a fucking nightmare. But it's essentially like a bunch of people in this shitty bar in the middle of nowhere. Then a monster shows up. It's the whole movie. It's not great. But Jesus Christ. Like, the first 20 minutes is like some of the most pure distilled mid-2000s horror I've ever seen. And for that, I will cherish it. Also, it was on the list. So, two birds, one stone. Oh, there you go. So, uh... Lighthouse is pretty good, huh? Some good performances in uh, there. Depends on which one of us you ask. One of us enjoyed it a lot more than the other. 
Some uh, pretty good performances, I'd say, yeah. right? <laughs> I think nobody would argue yeah. with that. Willem Dafoe guy's pretty good at acting. Like, Willem Dafoe has that fucking face. Yeah. And for him to put on a performance where I just forget it's Willem Dafoe takes a lot because he, he stands out in the I'm crowd. I'm glad that you're giving him a lot of credit because the first thing that I heard <laughs> when Lighthouse came out was how good Robert Pattinson is. And he is really good. But, you know, Willem Dafoe deserves a lot of credit for what he did in that movie. He is so much fun. That you is... have to remember, dude, all cinema dweebs think that normies still think of Robert Pattinson as the Twilight guy, even though that hasn't been true for, like, seven right. years. So anytime he's good in something, everyone has to go out of their way to tell you how good he is in it. I mean, the fact that it's true, notwithstanding. Yeah. But Like that entire insane <laughs> monologue when Robert Pattinson tells me he doesn't like his lobster. How does... Look, we're, we're not talking about Oscars, it's fine. I won't get mad. But what the fuck? Is that whole two and a half minute just screaming, not blinking once? Oh my god. I did a little joke by Robert Pattinson at the end of it. It's like, okay, fine, I like your cooking. <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for how much of it. Like, I knew this wasn't going to be a horror movie. That was made clear. I wasn't prepared for how much of a dark comedy it is. Like, it is. It's pretty fucking good. I really enjoyed, like,. How you just dig into like the minutia of everyday life back then? I have then. to admit, I, I think that's I kinda all. I think it is a horror movie. I, I think of it as a ghost story. I don't know if I'd call it a dark comedy. I, I think of it as more of a. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think. It... <laughs> it's fine. But I love like the witch does this too. Where just like anything you would take for granted, you just see like how fucking shitty every single step of everyday life was back then. Like just getting water. Yep. Like I look at any of these movies and be like. I would have killed myself before my fifth birthday. <laughs> like, I would not. The bloodline would end right then and there. All right, what? here's your duties. Uh, you're going to swab this. Yeah, the fuck I am. Dead. <laughs> Killing myself. Jumping off the roof. Why'd you spill your beans? Why did you spill your beans? Can you imagine spilling your beans while watching a, a movie in the theater? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe watching Cars <laughs> No, I had a great time with it. I really, really liked it. I understand why Alex didn't, but like this slop is made specifically for this piggy. I would correct. Yeah, I, I had no doubts. I, mean, I still like the slop. witch more, but like the witch is like engineered to make me do the soy face. So you know, yeah. I think I, I like the lighthouse a little bit more, and for the exact same reason that you just said, uh, the the lighthouse appeals to me for very specific personal reasons, I guess. I just like how, like, they're similar movies in a way, but how different they are. Like, could you imagine someone farting in The Witch? Like, yeah, you, that would like, break My brain can't even process Whereas that. Whereas in this one... But in here, it's, it's like, yeah, of course he's... <laughs> you just have Robert Pattinson yell that he smells like jizz and <laughs> It's like, yeah, I bet he does. He looks like he smells like jizz yeah. and piss. I believe it. I, I think it was some of the most realistic flatulence I've seen in a movie. It's like, you know what? What else would they be doing up there? All they're doing is eating beans. <laughs> Just snoring and fart, and like I felt incredibly mm-hmm. seen. Yeah, very yeah. good movie. For the last movie, so uh, I didn't really like the Joker at all. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> it did you absolutely don't nothing for me. Sorry to hear that. And like, it has nothing to do with the Scorsese stuff or anything to do with incels or anything. It just, just felt like a slog, honestly. It is a cheap shot. It was like, yeah, it just looks like a Scorsese ripoff. Like, look, if I ever had a chance to make a movie, it would just look like I copy pasted a John Carpenter movie. Like, it's, I get it. But it's just, it 
felt so fucking tedious did, the whole time. Did you time. watch the screen or did you watch it in theaters? I watched a Blu-ray. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a screener. But we there was four of us watching it. And for the record, like, we were all actually watching it. Like, we weren't just talking over it. And there was a point where the disc was smudged and we had to take it out and clean it. So we paused it. And we saw we were an hour in and there was an hour left. And all four of us simultaneously just went, oh. <laughs> it's just, oh, jeez. It's just... I- so many ideas that seemed interesting that took incredibly uninteresting directions and by that I mean everything with Thomas Wayne I just I'm sorry by the the fucking nerve to after that whole movie dare to show me Bruce's parents get shot oh, yeah, that... for the 47th fucking time <laughs> I wanted to scream it's yeah I, I don't know they must be contractually obligated to show the pearls falling in slow motion the fucking pearls every single the, time. oh my god I was so mad can you imagine how much better that scene would have been if you just see them go into crime alley and uh, you just see one guy follow them in there you don't even need to hear the gunshot just as soon as he follows them in there we know what happens. Why do we know what happens? Because we're Americans. This yeah, is more critical to our, our livelihood than fucking uh, any classic literature of Mark Twain. Everyone knows the story of Batman. I gotta I think... spell it out for those comic book fans, though. You you really, really overestimate that. Maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, like, I think Joaquin Phoenix is very good in it. Just don't think he was given a lot to work with at all. Man, I but I'm sorry. I I, I really loved it. I I think it's one of my favorite movies of last year. But if that's your last movie, I think now's a good time to talk. Boy, what a good year for movies. You know, it's good. It's selling it too great. That's what a great year for movies. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say the O word because you you know you mm-hmm. asked me not to. But the Sad Clown movie is the only Best Picture nominee that I haven't seen, and I like all of the other ones. And I can't remember the last time that happened. Oh, you like Ford so. vs. Ferrari? I, haven't, yes, I heard I, real I, good I things about it. that. I'll really check it out. When I heard, like, no, it's not what the trailer says it was, you give me a movie about obsession, I'm in. Like, I, I mean, I heard it's, it, just... it It's not, it's... I actually would disagree. I think it's pretty much exactly what the trailer says it is, but it's... It's one of those, like, once every three years, like, really, really great movie star movies. Like, in the same way that, like, Ocean's Eleven is a movie star movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, famous people being famous, and it kind of doesn't matter what they're doing because they're so fucking good at it. It's you that know what? I, I think I would enjoy it. I heard it's Nolan Light, and I like Nolan. So I could probably get into Nolan Light. Okay, so who wants to talk about Lost in Space? <laughs> Fucking no one. Uh, <laughs> I'll skip to the end right now. When the credits rolled and I saw written by Akiva Goldsman, I almost kicked a hole in my wall. Like, this motherfucker <laughs> keeps getting away Which with it. Which is this. a shame. Was, <laughs> you and I both liked Batman and Robin so much. That's so, <laughs> but for I very would take different that reasons. a thousand times over this. Yeah. Uh, okay. But he made a beautiful mind, so he can just do this forever. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wait, did a beautiful mind come out after this? Can you imagine this and Batman and Robin both come out? Sure And did, then they're yeah. just like, yeah, we can trust you. Let's go ahead and make a beautiful mind. Oh, my God. I'm going through his IMDb. What a fucking dreadful list. <laughs> All right. So, first thing. I, robot. Oh, yep. sorry. <laughs> first things <laughs> got to iRobot and my eyes rolled back. First things first, Lost in Space is uh, another one of those cinematic adaptations of a so-called classic television show that sucked. Uh, 
Classic TV fucking sucks. Yeah, it's, that's why you can just go ahead people. and say that. That's it right. all sucks ass. Well, if I didn't really had landed the lost, good. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve it. Explains, explains a lot about your lack of personality. Yeah, this yeah. fucking, uh, the fucking show was really, really bad. Um, so, Chris, was this a better or a worse adaptation than the Leave it to Beaver movie? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is a better movie. As far as adaptations go, I didn't watch either show. Uh, <laughs> is this faithful to the source material? That's a good question. Technically, well, they, <laughs> can you call your dad? No, I did. I, I did mention it. To, I did mention it to Dad, and he he said that the original TV show sucked too. So, uh, actually, you know, a good little thing about it is a little ring endorsement for 1917. When my dad walks out of movie theater, he doesn't really have any criticisms besides, well, I guess I didn't see them reload enough, but you know, otherwise. You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, do not watch the original TV show Lost in Space. Do not watch this film adaptation of Lost in Space. Correct. But, I heard that the new one they have like a series of Lost in Space. I don't know if it's a reboot or something like that. I heard it's all right. So I heard it's yeah. pretty good, but also I will not be burned yeah, again. So sorry, fool me twice. Shame on the. There's a million other shows I could watch. It's fine. I didn't know that show existed until the second season dropped, and I saw somebody online post something about, "Hey, I didn't even realize Lost in Space two came out." And that did. Can you imagine just if there was like a terrifying. sequel to that? Yeah. Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> what like, teams I'm do sorry. I have this week? Oh god! <laughs> One of the things about this is, if you look at the trivia, they originally planned for this to be a trilogy. Uh, they had a sequel all planned out and everything for this, where they actually reach what? Alpha Prime. Which, by the way, great naming go for there, guys. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's uh, start. We're gonna go to Planet X. Here's a hundred million dollars. So Lost Thanks. in Space begins with a little computer readout that tells you that all war has ended and it's there's galactic peace and everything and only a bright can wield the wand. But then galactic peace it. has been eliminated because terrorists attack. And uh, it appears as though uh, Matt LeBlanc and I guess it must be Tone Loke are in these giant hamster wheels. <laughs> Uh, and they're attacking alien oh, terrorists, <laughs> and a Suicide Squad reference is made in the first three minutes. D- I rewound it because it's like I think my brain is finally starting to <laughs> when rot. There, when there was a Suicide Squad reference and a Space Force reference within fifteen seconds of one another, I was, I was like, maybe this isn't so bad. And then the rest. So of again, like, you have that feeling of like, oh my god, I think my br- like my brain is literally melting. Like all these jokes, but I think I finally poisoned. Well, the movie world. takes place in like twenty fifty, so. 30 years, guys, we'll have world peace. Except Tone Luke says, this Cold War just got hot. Apparently there was a Cold War going on the entire time, so not as peaceful as we thought. <laughs> yeah, I just, the, the whole thing is like, oh, yes, this splinter group, you know, this, this like, this rebel group of, like, whatever the fuck they are. Like, some sort of, like, weird separatist. They're Team Chaotix. <laughs> and then we find out five minutes later, they are concurrently building the exact same thing that the entire pool of of world resources is going to build what <laughs> in secret these fucking guys and they're like junker spaceships that are jihadding <laughs> this freighter like also we're building a giant radio yeah. space that's gonna uh, and the we're doing it so fast that the the uh the world governments have to race against us like absolutely yeah there was a movie that came out a year after this that did sort of something similar but uh no one really liked it uh, anyway, let's. This movie might be the record for fastest. I was like, wait, what is. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah. 30 Good seconds. Point. Matt LeBlanc delivers like two lines. Hey, like this. I'm like, oh, he doesn't care. I don't yeah. care about this. Yeah, not to, not to skip ahead too far, but like, I thought about this again when like the, the time machine is revealed later and was like, 
oh shit, this is gonna be really cool if this whole time, like, uh, like these, like, you know, these insurgents that were blowing up their shit are actually just, like, time travelers or something. That nobody yeah, this doing. really does just sort of get abandoned. Like, a couple other things, which we'll get to. We should talk about the Robinson family. Uh, I, yeah, Must let's... Be. I want to start with William Hurt, who cannot act. Perhaps one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Specifically because so of this sleepy. movie. That dude's just... So sleepy. He is genuine... Like, we talk about, oh, so-and-so is just not trying... He might be trying to sabotage this movie. Like, it is such a bad, sleepy Kevin Costner performance. It's alarming. There's, there's a point, there's an emotional moment later on in the movie where he has to leave his wife behind a, another time. And he says, I love you, wife. He doesn't even call her by her name. He just, he just <laughs> kind of mumbles that out there and goes into the space future bubble or whatever. It's really, really it's stupid. It's like he, like he was locked in like a multi picture contract and so i was like hey do you ever hear harrison ford do blade runner he's like say if i just fuck this up they'll fire me i don't have to make this hundred million dollar lost in space you have how many planned oh jeez. oh god oh god we could talk about their son i don't remember the names of the characters here so it's not important i know i think the son's name was will in this one that little kid is jake loiting his way throughout this movie i assume that george lucas watched that and said brilliant i'll have jake lloyd just do that <laughs> because it's basically the exact same performance as far as i'm concerned the exact same caliber of acting i don't know who's worse um we could talk about uh the mom we could talk about their older daughter who well, is... say, well, good luck <laughs> we could talk about their older daughter played by heather graham who you is should... a scientist yeah sure me too yeah, I've seen movies before. Nice yeah. try. <laughs> uh, and we can finally, we got to talk about Penny, the uh, the the middle daughter. Jesus Her Christ. voice is the most shrill thing I've ever heard. You could describe it as an Eliza Thornberry voice. I mean, she is literally the voice actor for yeah, Eliza Thornberry. Yeah, but it's the exact same it, voice. It is the Eliza but Thornberry But she's not changing. Voice. She's yes. not trying to be like, well, this is a movie. People are actually going to see me and associate me with this. Maybe I should, like, change it up. <laughs> no. She decides that, uh, yeah, I'll just uh, do that. Imagine this movie with uh, Tim Curry as the dad instead. I do that for yeah, a lot of movies, I'll be great. honest with you. It honestly, like, it took me a minute to realize that was her because, like, I'm used to her looking attractive, and she looks so unsettled. Yeah, they, they did something with her hair. Like, Speak why is all of it, when she does, like, her, what is it, like, the penny view penny or whatever, vision, yeah. why is her face so fuzzy? It made me so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, okay, so, oh, did you not get the HD version? Spoiler alert, there is no HD version. Every HD version that's <laughs> about to say. If you, uh, if you want to find an HD no. version of this, it'll just be a standard definition that was up because no one cared about this movie to make it a Blu-ray release. Uh... So, is Penny the, the world's first cam girl? <laughs> oh, no. oh, wait. No, it takes place in the future. Is Penny the world's last cam girl? <laughs> <laughs> Please donate to my just fans. That <laughs> way we can fund the spaceship. <laughs> just Isn't it only fans or something? I wouldn't know. Caught you. Yeah, and so after she gets... Yeah, you definitely wouldn't no, know. Not me. <laughs> uh, it's just no one is trying, and then we get re we get introduced to reintroduced to. I guess Matt LeBlanc is here again, and uh, so basically the 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 family Robinson, space family Robinson. That's what they should call this movie. Uh, they're going to take the first mission to uh, outside or somewhere else in the galaxy to find a place called Alpha Prime, which. Why not just call it Alpha Prime 1 or something? Like, we get it. It's the first one. Um, it, they have to go there. 
because the earth is dying. And Matt LeBlanc's like, wait, what about recycling? And uh, they have to explain to him, no, no, no. The earth is dying. Recycling will not save us in 20 years. We're all going to die. So we have to find a new place to go. And uh, the Robinson family's going to go. And you have to drive the boat. And he's just like, I don't want to drive it. Like, well, too bad. You have to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> they don't really give a good reason for this. Uh, meanwhile, the mom... Sorry, I can't think of anything interesting. So in the next scene, uh... <laughs> Meanwhile, I will say this, because this was really stupid to me. <laughs> the mom is bitching at the dad, being like, you're never home to take care of the family. I'm like, uh, have you looked at the script? You're about to spend ten years together with no one else. You missed your son's science fair project. I'm saving the fucking human race. Are you kidding yeah. me? Get out of my it's, face. She, there's yeah. actually a lie. He's like, so what good is saving the entire human race if you can't be there for your family? I am sorry. I didn't get to see my son's potato light bulb trick. But <laughs> Six billion heads turn up like, wait, what the fuck you say? Excuse me? Well, let me guess. He made another uh, baking soda volcano. Uh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, man. Jeez, that was a. I really programmed awesome. a robot and just pie faces him. That's great, son. Good bad. A really good impression of Billy Hurt in this movie. <laughs> God, every performance. Can we talk about whatever the fuck Matt LeBlanc is doing I, for a second? Can he act in stuff like, that isn't Friends? Because uh, like, I don't like Friends, but like I can appreciate like yeah, he has a charisma on there. Like he has a thing that made him super like good writing too, pretty big star for a long time. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I have well, no idea. get like one of the most charismatic people on TV. And be like, hey, you know, I'm just I learned from your father in the flight. I, I assume that the uh, Sick, the writing great. didn't help him out a lot here, where he says, "That's one cold fish I'd like to fry." <laughs> now, you know, I feel like if I just in my that line, canon, you think that was an ad-lib? Because actually, one of my favorite parts—I no, think one not. of my favorite parts about this—is that uh, it's a sort of a chicken and the egg sort of thing. Who was the first space cuck, Matt LeBlanc or C three PO? Because he gets double cucked in front of uh, trying to hit up Heather Graham Chris, in front of William Hurt. Chris, dad. buddy, Star Wars t- takes place a long time ago in a galaxy. I wouldn't know. I never watched away, it. And this takes place in the future. I really so... appreciate you being the one yeah. to say that because I was just over here <laughs> gripping my armrest. Like, actually, I appreciate that, man. So it's it's nice he's, a, he's the first human space cuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but again, twice he cannot. Later on, they get on the ship. They have to go in the freezing tubes. He's like, "Hey, room there for two, dude. Stop trying to fuck Heather Graham in front of her father." <laughs> hey, you need to freeze yourself first, because once I go out, I have no idea what you're doing to me. I do not trust you. Yeah, anymore. that's uh. Hey, like, this we're, is we're, the fourth attempt. Me... You're telling me this completely one-note character is going to do nothing this whole movie except try and fuck Heather Graham, and you can't give me a single? <laughs> Honestly, like, let's how throw us a is goddamn trademarks? Like, yeah, all right. So we we forgot to talk about Gary Oldman, who's the evil scientist, Doctor Smith. Did we though? Um, he stows away on the ship. I don't even remember what the impetus was here. There's a point where he's in the desert, and it turns out oh, that was, was a hologram. He was work. Yeah. He was working for the Yeah, terrorists. so he's on the ship. I think he was supposed to kill them. Are not he's supposed to kill the family, but he doesn't because <laughs> something happens. I don't know. And uh, then he has to help save them, and they're just like, all right. I 
I'm I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't looking at the screen when this happened, sure. but I think he was supposed to program the robot and then get off the ship, and then just the ship took off. Yeah. The at one point, he says that his price but, to do this job has just become astronomical, and I heard Parker laugh at it. So, uh. <laughs> did you? <laughs> Parker thought I it was don't funny. recall that. But if you yeah. were there, that's great. <laughs> just looking, just watching the movie with your hands over your eyes. So we also should talk. Look, man, I'm sorry I didn't like Joker, but you don't no, have I'm to just... slander what's left yeah, of my so name. We can talk about uh, the robot, too. How... The robot is uh, the only character oh. that they got who's played by the same actor as from the TV show, um, which explains why he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> really carrying over that yeah, energy. Because <laughs> here's the thing about, like, they're doing the same thing that I hated about Rise of Skywalker, where they're trying to give the robot a soul. When robots die, they go to robot hell. That's the nature of these things. Because exactly. if you're going to give like a robot a robot voice, just do a robot voice. It's okay. Don't give him inflection because that makes him seem human, and that's really stupid. And, this guy should have should have listened to a bunch of Muse before. He yeah, he was really <laughs> really irritating. I gotta tell you that. <laughs> Destroy Robinson family. That was so annoying. Again, and that's the thing is like. A, I can't imagine there being a Lost in Space fan, but even if you were a fan of the original TV show, would you watch this and you would and you like see the robot and you clap your hands like it's the only guy and recognize him? Like, really? I, Just some 50 year old mom. Have you seen crowds in movies, dude? Yes. yes people will do this for. You know what? 50 year old mom just nudging their kid who's just bored out of his fucking school. She's like, I remember that. Like, from even my I family didn't see but this. The thing is, I just. We saw it. I know, but I just can't imagine, like, there being a fan of Lost in Space. It's really bad. Like, I can imagine there being fans of the Flintstones. That was a big hit when it came out. I can understand why people flocked to the theaters, even though that movie sucked. Future episode. But this one, I don't think so. I I have trouble imagining someone being like, yeah, Lost in Space, the TV show, was really good. Fifty years have passed. It is time for me to return to the cinema. Um that's I don't know. That's that's just uh, my take. Oh, honey, they made a movie out of the Lone Ranger. Don't you remember that? Yo, Parker. Oh, I geez. really hope your teams did well. <laughs> oh God, that makes two of us. <laughs> oh man. So <laughs> uh, anyway, they're stuck on the ship, and something whatever goes wrong sends them on a crash course directly to the heart of the sun. They're about to run into the hot air balloon from Cats, which is also on a direct course <laughs> to the heart of the sun. <laughs> and, uh... You think, you think Matt LeBlanc tried to fuck Grizabella the Glamour Cat on the way there? <laughs> well, he's, he's more into uh, pegs, as we'll find out later. Uh, so, they're on the crash course directly to the heart of the sun. They're like, how, how are we going to get out of this? Everything's broken. And then Matt LeBlanc actually has a pretty interesting idea i kind of wrote down something about this because i did a little research on this he uses a hyperspace whatever to throw them it'll send them i guess they're saying directly through the sun but it's so fast that like they'll survive it'll throw them like literally anywhere in the galaxy except for where they are that that's a clever gambit but that technically makes this the first ever randomizer run of a movie so uh, we got a $30 donation from Sam9 who says hey guys first time donator long time watcher my dad and uncle both died of brain cancer before they reached 50 put my donation to meet and fuck kingdom hype <laughs> now sounds like a great time to mention one of the, the, the note that I circled a bunch of times in my notes because roughly around this time in the movie is when I was like, let me just make sure I'm getting the storyline right. Popped open IMDb, scroll down to the storyline page. You know, normally it'll have, like, whoever the author is, like, whatever their username is. This one also has an email attached. Oh, my God. So thank you, Anthony 
Pereira, a.k.a. Hypersonic91 at Yahoo.com for your story synopsis. <laughs> You're welcome, Alex. <laughs> Glad to meet a fan. <laughs> anyway, now uh, the, fa- the titular Swiss uh, Family Robinson is lost in the galaxy. So uh, they... Where are they lost? In, in, in a galaxy. In the... In it's somewhere in the universe. I don't know. Space. So uh, they <laughs> I, actually at one point, Petty says, "So I can't do the voice. Uh, so we're lost." And I kept like waiting. Say it in space. Say it. And they don't say the line. <laughs> if you don't say the title of the movie, I'm going to be so upset. Anyway, uh, they it turns out this actually through. I'm just going to reveal what it is it also threw them i guess forward in time by a few decades or something and uh they're exploring the ship and they're like oh look this place is overgrown with plant life i'm like oh that's kind of interesting and then a yellow monkey jumps out and his name is glarp and oh my fucking he god oh might my... be worse than jar jar <laughs> i felt something leave my body when i saw <laughs> he him. is so hideous apparently he was originally going to be like a practical effect uh, prop, uh, and it didn't look good enough, so they went with this. Imagine something oh, looking worse than this. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of that fucking movie with the bird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it called like Claw or something? You know what or whatever I do. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Friends at home, please Google the giant claw. <laughs> that picture is going to be stuck in my head forever. <laughs> Yeah, let me look at it. I gotta meet some. <laughs> the giant claw. Like, what could they have possibly made? The giant claw! <laughs> I'm looking at it too. That's the sound it makes. It's really loud. The movie's real fucking oh good. Oh my god, I'm gonna make Gabby watch this. It's on YouTube, yes. don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> So in the giant claw. <laughs> That's my favorite lore is that they shot the whole movie and didn't know what the puppet was going to look like. And then they all went to the premiere. <laughs> and they all snuck out and embarrassed me. Okay. I fucking love movies so this, this, Except so this So this one. monkey is the second worst monkey that Matt LeBlanc has interacted with on a big screen. <laughs> um, like it cannot be overstated enough. Like when you realize like, wait, there's two fucking kids in this movie? And you like, you don't even know. You have no idea how much. Oh yeah, exactly. So the worst yeah. part about it is that like the movie's boring, but not boring enough where you just zone out. Like you're still there's still like enough sequences where they put enough pressure on you. You're just like, well, I kind of want to see what happens. You just you know, okay, what are you gonna do with it this time? But it just doesn't go anywhere or do anything. So they realize that they're forward in time and they come across a, a I guess it's a cargo ship that's full of spiders, and uh, one of the spiders <laughs> scratches Doctor Smith. Put that in your back pocket. We will revisit it later. Uh, and then Matt LeBlanc destroys that cargo ship. So it's like billions of dollars of research because Matt LeBlanc hates spiders. Uh, Was, uh, did anybody else have sabotage playing in their head during this scene? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just making sure. God, this movie is both boring and loud. So you literally yeah, cannot yeah. tune it out. It's like your mind starts to drift and just there's an explosion. There's a giant spider and there's guns going off. It's like, man, just... Let me nap in peace and read the Wikipedia and pretend I watch exactly. it. Exactly. Um, I think they come across a different ship. It's I don't remember what goes into this, but they come across a different ship, and uh, I think they realize like, yo, there's a. 
I don't know what it is. Like a time bubble that they go through that or something. I, who gives a shit? And uh, the, the science in this movie is explained worse than the core, for better or for worse. Uh, anyway, little Will Robinson, the little boy, says, I predicted that this sort of time anomaly would occur in my time machine, as his father tells him rightfully to shut the fuck up. And uh, <laughs> Hey, kid, that's great. I'm so proud of you, son. This is not a time for your Can we get some uh, smelling salts from Mr. Hurt? <laughs> Uh, this is not a time for your flights. I always love you. You never listen no to me. No fucking wonder this guy. It's no fucking wonder this guy's a kid's. Yeah. So anyway, they, they go across and they find. Wow, son, your project's great. So yeah. proud of you. <laughs> really, really great. So stuff. they they go, go basically like uh, several years into the future and they meet grown up Will Robinson who looks uh, kind of shoveled. He should probably find a barber. And uh, bro, if I saw my future, and that's what I look like. <laughs> It's like six, so uh, straight to hell it is. Got it. <laughs> so, like, everyone else in the family is dead, but uh, he couldn't have survived on his own. Dr. Smith, his good friend, is with him the entire time. Uh, and does one of you want to take this one? Oh, my God. Let me finish two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is the moment. Because up to this point, I've been like, man, this is this episode's going to be a fucking bust. Yeah. This is really disappointing. Then the reveal happens that actually he killed everyone. Because, like, obviously, like, fucking obviously, we've known he's a bad guy. His introduction was him being a bad guy, talking to a bad guy, and then sabotaging their shit. Whatever, I'm supposed to forget that. He's like, wait a second. It means you killed him, and now all these years I didn't see that. Because he's a super genius, but also the stupidest fucking person who's ever lived. <laughs> and he's like, ah, you found my master plan. And then removes his cloak to reveal... He's a giant CGI nightmare spider thing. A giant CGI nightmare so robot cool. spider. <laughs> it is the hardest laugh I've had in a very long time. I could not believe what I rewound it approximately 75 times. Because I could not believe, like, clearly I got a wrong file or I just haven't slept enough this week. <laughs> like, something has to... There's no way this is the big reveal of this movie. Is that this giant... Fucking lawnmower man CGI robot spider has spent all of these years teaching this orphan boy how to build a time machine so he can repopulate Earth with spiders. It's so... This movie gets like two stars for me, and both stars are for this scene. And nothing Absolutely. Else. This is like one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. It's just like really... This... I mean, is it a twist? I can certainly say I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I... Consider me fucking surprised. <laughs> That's for God, Jim. What are you eating? Uh, I was just—I ha- was just handed a nice bowl of chicken penne pasta, and oh I'm not gonna wait on I... it. That sounds so good. I am so hungry. Damn it! My apologies. Man, I, go for some right now. Man, I couldn't I might wait. Make some sketty tonight. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that I try and be a professional, but my the door opened. She was holding the bowl. What was I gonna do? Say no? Come on now. That... You know I love Dude, treats. You gotta keep her. Anyway, I... Uh, also, we're talking about Lost in Space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, they... So, Dr. Smith... Sorry, Spider Smith kills regular Smith by throwing him down a hole, but wouldn't that create a time paradox where he doesn't live anymore? We don't go by a time cop rules. Okay. Don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, they, they convince that older Will Robinson, hey, you're a fucking moron. Your time machine's gonna kill everybody. Way to go, dipshit. So uh, they fix it, and then they're like, oh, we're home safe, we survived. Uh, 
Oh, we forgot to talk about the scene where uh, where Matt LeBlanc uh, hits on Heather Graham by saying, "Well, you know, the ancient Eskimos used to look at the stars and they would explore." By he's canceled. Uh-oh. He said the evil. and uh, <laughs> they they would make constellations such as Porky Pig, and then he tries to fuck her. Oh my god! And then she pours water on his head. Fucking sucks. Every every single Matt LeBlanc line in this movie is just the J.R. Smith. So you trying to? Get <laughs> he is so desperate, and it's really really sad. Um, oh, just just a miserable movie. Anyway, towards the end, they're like, "Oh, we're all safe." Uh, Doctor Smith's like, "Wait, we have to come out," and he gets punched in the face. And in any other movie, I might have liked that because it just sort of ends like that. And then Matt LeBlanc ruins it with a one liner. Uh, anyway, they have to go straight through a planet, which reminded me of the core, so that's the only joy I got from this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine going right through planet Earth and then it's like the fucking moon? <laughs> I mean, at least we got some joy out of it. Although, I just, I just wish we got as much joy as our good friend Hypersonic 91. <laughs> our good friend. You know what? Every movie has a fan base, and that's important. Oh, boy. Fuck you. Could you imagine, could you imagine if the monkey was just like the fucking the pre-crisis Sonic animation? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yo, better move. Well, anything would be a better movie than this. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on this? You probably should yeah, just watch don't this. Watch this that's fucking my final movie. So what are we talking about this for 15 minutes? No, we talked about this longer than I anticipated, I have to admit. Yeah. There is nothing to say except... There's nothing to talk about until there is something admit, to talk like, about. At that point, you're sort of writing it, and you're like looking down at your notes like, I don't really have a whole lot that's substantive to say about this. And then Spider Smith comes out, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never mind. This fucking... Fucking Darth Maul with these <laughs> guys. <laughs> Alright, let's get on to the game of games. Like, like this movie sucks ass, but I'm happy I saw it just for that scene because I will remember yep, that yeah, for the yeah. rest of my life. Like, it's, it's his head is like enough. shaking in that little cloak the whole time. Like, what the fuck is wrong? With ah, you? clearly the devil the, is actually my friend and the dad. Did the space spiders give him Parkinson's? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> What's your name? Will? Will what? Skywalker. <laughs> Jetster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh. You guys want to do AFC or uh, NFC? Let's first? do AFC. Oh, fuck. AFC first. All right. So, uh, Chris's Ravens were big favorites against Parker's <laughs> Titans this week. Wow. Yeah. You really hate to see you it. Go down that. Hate but, uh, to see it. That's gonna be Parker assigning one movie to Chris. Yeah, so, let me let me go through the old word file here as you continue. <laughs> well, all right. I can continue then because it would appear that uh. Chris's Texans got skull fucked by Parker's Chiefs. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> oh boy, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> also, as the guy that has both AFC teams, you won't get assigned anything next week. And also, you have a team in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you love to see it, folks. For now. <laughs> all regular season of just eating shit violently. <laughs> it's all oh, turned around. No. Let's see. Two whole yeah. movies. Jeez. I'm going to give you one for now. Because you actually gave me a good movie. So I want you to watch Candyman and tell me what you, you think know, about it. You know, I actually haven't seen it. That's the movie that's so been on your you. list yeah. forever. I I and then... I will come after you later with something either mean or we'll not. We'll just see how the NFC goes, because we have forgotten our teams already. Yeah. 
Yeah, hi. Of course. All right, so on to the NFC, where uh, my 49ers have defeated Chris's Vikings. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's <laughs> okay. the other way around. Uh, <laughs> that is Chris, Chris's 49ers okay. have defeated the Vikings. Just want to see if you guys uh, actually. Uh, <laughs> okay, tell you what. Um, Alex, you recommended me a video game to play, but I think you're the real gamer. But as much of a gamer as you are, I don't games. think that you've met the bad boy of gaming yet. So you need to see Man vs. Snake, the long and twisted tale of Nibbler. Oh, dude. The bad boy gaming. Snake. Fucking this is probably yeah. dead. <laughs> Pringles right. do in fact yes. come in a can. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Parker's Packers have <sighs> defeated my Seahawks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everything's coming up Parker. Jesus, I've got to <laughs> dig deep in the Rolodex here. The last movie I had written down for you was Urban Legend, which, you know... Worked out pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Oh yeah, my so goodness. You, I'm so you owe me a movie, you owe uh, Alex a movie. Oh my goodness. I'll get back to you both. Okay. <laughs> I have. I guess uh, text me one later so or something options. like that. I might just make you watch Uncut Gems that way you have an excuse to talk oh about. Boy. <laughs> I, no, I don't have time. Let me dig through the old diary. I don't want to watch a screener either. I want to watch a like, good version. I don't blame you. Well, then you've got like a week before it's out of the Yeah, this week so. is going to hurt. <laughs> Ooh. That's it. I found a mean one. <laughs> I'll keep scrolling. <laughs> Put the mean one in your back pocket. I might need it. I don't know. It's it's in there. Don't you worry. God, I watched some shit. <laughs> no, no, I'm scared. <laughs> Please just give me a Bigfoot movie. Oh, man. That's too easy Come for on, you. Give me hoax. You fucking wish. Uh, I just start. I just stopped scrolling at Polar for like the third week in a row. Oh, I haven't seen doing... Polar. I... <clears throat> okay, here's your here's your coin flip for the mm-hmm. mean movie, either Polar or Doom Annihilation. Polar. Okay. Doom Annihilation. Both are Be bad. Be careful what you wish. For. Incredibly different ways. I don't. I don't remember what Polar is about. I'm gonna keep it that uh, way. Hey, it's like a Bond Polar, movie though. if you ask Netflix. <laughs> Sort by, give me any movie in the nineties. All right, don't let me down here. What do we got? Give him, leave it to Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wish. Every nineties movie I have on Letterbox is absolute garbage, but in the best way. Like I can't give you Cruel Intentions or The Faculty. Correct. It's a real you problem know, for me. Bigfoot was in a Goofy movie. Oh Bigfoot God. was also in Hotel Transylvania. Oh. I should mention. Yeah, you should have learned yeah. that. He didn't mention it because I don't I think he cared. Actually, how about Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad one, actually. I assume he's already oh, seen it. Does anybody wash their dick in that one? Guys, <laughs> 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 is it cheating if I just make you watch Double Impact anyways? Because we probably won't get to it for a long time. Well, it might be a future episode. I, I so. would not. Do whatever yeah. makes you happy. Why are you, why are you having so much trouble? You want me to recommend him one? I can't write. Sure. No. <laughs> no. I mean, it'd be, I'd be, it'd be a good one. Uh, I think you should watch Good Night and Good Luck yeah. if you haven't seen it. Have I seen that? If I have, it's been yeah. a long time. I'll just watch it again. It's fine. All the fun choices I have are like mostly towards Chris because he doesn't watch the same trash we do. <laughs> like I literally sorted by nineties, and every single one's like, "No, he's seen it. He's seen it. He's seen it." <laughs> Damn it. Oh man, 
So, the only uh, assignment that'll come out of next week is going to be me versus Parker for uh, the NFC. If Parker wins, there's no more game of games unless we come up with some way for Parker to assign things to everybody since he has a guaranteed oh. Super Bowl win. <laughs> oh, I'm, good news is my 49ers have performed well against the Packers in the past. And, and the bad news is we're going to end up betting. And that's the tea, sis.